Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner. I'm John Garcia. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. Adam's up in Edmonton, Alberta, getting ready for the Predators to take on the Edmonton Oilers. If they win that game, David Poyle will become the winningest general manager in NHL history. Earlier this week, we published a story by columnist Jessica Bliss sitting down with David Poyle to talk about his life, uh, his his career, uh, everything that he's done in Nashville and in Washington beforehand. Uh, his wife was also there. and We've, we've got some of that interview that we're going to play for you, uh, as well as sit down with Jessica and talk about what, what uh, David's like and uh, what it was like to go to his home and sit down with them and, you know, kind of get to know them a little bit more and in a different setting than many of us are used to hearing. So we're going to play that interview for you right now, and it starts off with Jessica asking David about what it was like to come to Nashville and kind of what his his dad, who is an NHL Hall of Famer, thought about that. So I have a question about that, which is, you know, why was Nashville potentially more appealing to you? Well, here's exactly what I thought, is that this was going to be my last job, and that... I, you know, Toronto has a storied history. We were the best, naturally not the best in the league. My dad played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And by the way, he was not happy with my decision. He could not understand this at all. Nashville, he could not understand this at all. I think it's, it's probably two things. Your own comfort zone, your own personality, and the chance to do something right from day one. And whether it's going to be good or bad, you're going to have your your handprints over everything that gets done here in Nashville. And as I sit here today, I couldn't be prouder of what's what's happened to the franchise, both on and off the ice, and where we are team-wise, popularity-wise, fan-wise, ownership-wise, all those things. It didn't quite go the way I thought. There were some curves in the road. <laughs> some of those curves. But... But if I had a vision, this is the vision where we are today. You know, because some of these markets, you know, with all due respect, haven't turned out. And this market and the people and the city have just embraced the predators. And as I say, they were a big, big and important part of the city. And I, as a manager, I couldn't ask for anything more than what's taken place here. It's been exactly what I want. We only want one more thing. And we all know what that is. Starts with C and ends with cup. But, uh, <laughs> but we're, you know, we're working towards that. But it's been everything that I wanted. So I mean, not for a second do I regret uh, not going to Toronto or any any other place. This, this worked out perfectly for me, perfectly for my family. Just, yeah, we came here sight unseen. Never. I mean, I said let's go for a visit. And he goes, No, we're just going to take it. We're going. But he wanted to build something. And I can see his dad had been the general manager of the Flyers, who was a build a new team. Vancouver, which was a new team. 
and his father had done some of those same things. So I think, in a way, he 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 thought, gee, I think I'd like to do that too. Start from ground one and just see where I can take this. Here's the question. Here's the question. Did I don't you even know did you write somewhere on one of your pieces of paper that you put in your sealed envelope? No. Become the winningest general manager in the NHL. No. No, never even crossed my mind. Never even thought about it. Thought I was really, really lucky to become a general manager. That was my goal, as we've talked about. I reached my goal. Um, just that at that point, I was just hoping. Now, <laughs> year, year, year by year, and you know, maybe I didn't. Maybe I wasn't thinking correctly. Maybe I should have had more longer range goals, but I, I, I didn't. I was just so happy to be. A general manager. I was, you know, sitting at the same table with guys that were idols of mine. My 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 dad was a general manager. Cliff Fletcher was my mentor in in uh, Atlanta and Calgary. He was sitting at the table. Guys that I idolized, like Harry Sinden in Boston and Glenn Sather, who is the person that I'm going to pass for this for this record. And it was it was terrifying. <laughs> To be honest, it was in those days. Those guys were older; they were seemed more, more you know, grumpy or whatever, and they 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 didn't really they weren't that friendly to a young guy to, to start off with. But uh, it all worked out really, really well. And I mean, I mean, I don't think it's possible for anybody to even think that they could be a general manager as long as I I have been. I mean, as I've said in previous questions, it all has to, so many things have to have to line up and it's again all about the people starting at ownership level on the business side how your franchise is going how how your team is being coached how well your scouts are doing and there's been different things that have happened along the way where I could see where they were going to make a change and they didn't and um, so it's it's always a combination of doing a hopefully a, a good job but being a little bit lucky and and um, I don't it's unbelievable it's just who would ever have thought well, in a way, it's kind of like our anniversary over here. David say, "Well, I hope we make it to the next one." <laughs> <laughs> there you so, go. Sometimes, that's, that's exactly. Sometimes it. <laughs> it's best not to plan too far, that's you right. know, and just exactly. kind of take it that's as perfect. it comes, you know, because then it just, you know, it's kind of like maybe you taint it or screw it up or something. Don't say that I said that, but you know what I mean. So it's something you just kind of listen. You don't know how life's going to go, and you just kind of go with it. I think with hockey, there's there's no guarantees. You don't know whether you're going to win a game or lose a game. It just uh, again, there's no script for this. Uh, you know, we, like that's what I love about my my job. I can be a planner and a plotter, as you're you're saying. But there's no two days that have ever been the same. I mean, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I am planned for the day. I know what my routine is going to be. I know what I've got to do. But there will be something that's going to come up tomorrow that. I don't know what it is, but it'll be just something that's going to come up and that'll take us in a different direction. And that's that's why I still have the passion uh, for, for the job because uh, I may not be the most interesting man in the world, but I might have the most interesting job in the world. I mean, I've been preparing to be a general manager for, for a while. So Try I, your I, whole life. So, I, I mean, I knew what I wanted to do. I mean, that's all part and parcel of the... I guess anybody's job in knowing what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And specifically in the Washington job, 
uh, you know, it's a team that unfortunately hadn't done very well eight straight years in the league and never made the playoffs. Well, that's why I got the job, and I knew what they needed to, to what, what was missing in the team or what have you. And I was, you know, ten days into the job, I'd make a, a significant trade. So, you know, right place, right time, but prepared. So, you, I mean, you said that you were preparing his whole life. What did you see in him along this journey? This, you know, ten years before going to Washington. I was never worried about it. I, he's just he's always been good at it. It's just like it's ingrained in him. He's had it forever. He knows everybody's name in hockey since he was two in every area of hockey. Anytime we go to any meetings, he knows everybody. He knows he could be a historian. I mean, he knows so much about it. And I mean, growing up from it, with it, you know, from a tiny child, he's just always been there. His favorite thing. He loves hockey. I mean, he loves hockey. He loves hockey, and he wants hockey to be great wherever he is. You know, wherever he was employed, he wanted it to be great there. He wants to be great in Nashville. He wants the NHL to be great. I mean, it's he's a poster boy for hockey, honestly. I mean, you know, he's just... Well, that's what And he's done such a great job at it. He's, he's had a knack for it. All these big trades, I mean, people I used to have friends that say, Oh, he's so shy. I can't imagine he's involved with a fighting... A job where there's fighting and you have to make all these huge decisions like that and all of that and so well he does it well that's what's the, one of the great things about hockey is it's unique uh, to me the best uh, game for a team I mean I, I love being on a team I mean I feel like I'm on a team in the office or hockey ops staff or business side we're on a team we're, we're all moving together we're all doing things together I want to ask you about building um, a team, but also kind of building a family. Um, the way that you kind of built your teams to me has always been very homegrown. I mean, you obviously have had a few big trades in your career, you know, mm-hmm. that's to, you know, to be true. But so much of it has been, you know, finding these kids young and bringing them up. And I'm just curious your philosophy on that. Well, the philosophy is really about it's about people. I mean, it's like right now I'm the general manager, so you have a you know an organizational chart, and it's, it's everybody has to play their play their part. I mean, you, you know, I everybody every does in the general manager show, everybody does it differently. But to me, it's again, I'm sort of saying the same thing over again. It's it's the people. It's who's working for me, my assistants right now. It's Paul mm-hmm. and it's Brian, and it's Jeff, who's the executive assistant. And it's our, it's our stats, it's our analytics, it's Brandon who does the team services, it's our training staff, it's our coaches, it's our scouts, it's the whole thing. I mean, like when they say, okay, the Predators, David Poyle made this big trade. Well, I don't get the opportunity to make that big trade unless I had some really good asset to be, to be able to, to do that. So, it's, it, so you use the word, you know, building a team, raising a family or whatever, it's Everything has to move move together. I mean, if you have one really, as I say, uh, broken link in, in the fence, you know, the fence will fall down. It's always the same same way. It goes all the way to the ice when, you know, you have a I think in the playoffs. We almost won last year, but, you know, we had a couple of really bad injuries. That was a bad break, unfair, so you can play that card. Maybe if we didn't have those two injuries, maybe we, that would have been enough to win. So it's everybody has to do their part. And I think I'm a good manager. And that's what I am. I'm a manager. I mean, I want to be more than just 
just win the most games in the regular season. You want to have successful franchises. You want to hopefully be a big part of the community. It's all, it's all, I'm more happy with, with what's happened here in Nashville with our franchise, with our team on the ice, with how we've been accepted by the community, how popular we are, what we mean to the city, the community, the influence we're having on so many people's lives, the charity work we do, the stuff we do in schools, all that stuff. That's more important individually. Elizabeth and I will celebrate that. It'll be, it'll be it's good. I'm, I'm happy with it, but I would like something else to be. Yeah, there's a big, perf- perfectly that, that big honest. thing at the end is what it really <laughs> I'm not, wants. I'm not trying to play that down. I would just like something else. I really think that your career for anybody, it's, it's when it's over, you, you really think, I would think it'd be more meaningful than you talk about a lot of stuff that we've talked about tonight on, on stories and things like that. You, you look back on things, but when you're in the present, it's, you got to keep moving forward because it's not going to mean anything to anybody else, but to, to us, I'm proud of it. I'm sure that I've been in the game for a long time and that we've had some, some must've had some, a lot of winning, winning teams for, for a lot of years. So we've won a lot of games. That's, that's fantastic. I'm happy. I'm proud of it. Let's do something a little bit more significant. <laughs> so that was Jessica Bliss talking to David Poyle, and I am joined now by Jessica. Welcome to the program, Jessica. Hi, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Good. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm good. It's a good day. Good. So you sat down with David Poyle about a week, two weeks ago. Um, had you ever interviewed him before? Yeah, so I uh, covered the Predators for a good two, three years, probably about 10 years ago. Uh, so I had a lot of professional interaction with him then. I've never quite sat down with him just like this, though. It was a pretty intimate conversation, so I got to listen to the entire interview. It, that rapport did come through, at least from what I was listening to, now, since it was at his house and, you know, that intimate setting and his wife was there, what were your expectations when you're going into this interview and how did they kind of play out? Like, did they meet them? Did they exceed them? Did things just happen that you weren't expecting? Yeah, no, I'm, this interview was so much better than I ever envisioned. I mean, anytime that I've ever interviewed David before, it's been, you know, at the arena, um, at the practice rink, where you're talking about transactions and players going up and down. Very little of it has ever been very personal, although he is very personable. Um, you know, if, if you get him when you put your recorder away and you can just talk to him in the hallway, he's a very nice guy, a genuine, very, very, very good human. But it's always been business. And so this, getting him in his home, was, first off, I'd never met his wife. So that was so lovely. But the thing that stuck out to me about this interview was that he was so funny. He was so relaxed. Um, He has one-liners like you would not believe. Yeah. Um, And it was just, it was so good. It was so good. And to see the interaction between him and his wife also was just really, really lovely. Yeah, and we heard some of that in the interview where he was talking about, uh, or where, when his wife interjected and said, you know, we kind of treat the GM job like our marriage, like, you know, it's another year, we made it through, maybe this won't be, the, maybe this will be the last one, we don't know. Um, and I thought that that was great, especially since uh, we didn't hear this in the interview, but they've known each other almost their entire lives, I think since they were about 18 is what... Even before that, so they met when they were 13 years old, um, and he, you could tell he was like 
so pleased to tell me that because he knew he was going to surprise me when when yeah he uh, was like what guess when yeah, guess when we yeah, met guess yep, when we met exactly um but so yeah they met in california actually and um you know for those of you who don't know david's dad was is an NHL Hall of Famer, um, but he he did everything from play to coach to be um, a commissioner. He moved around a lot. So they moved from Edmonton to California so that his dad could coach a WHL team. And that meant that David was kind of the new boy in town. He lived... Um, he said they were next door neighbors, and then Elizabeth corrected him and was like, no, there was one house in between us. But they lived right next door to each other, and they had French class together. And he sat right behind her because they were in alphabetical order. And so that's kind of how they met. But yeah, 13 years old. I Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned his dad. Um, there was a, a big part of that interview when you guys sat down about you know him uh, talking about his father and uh, kind of uh, getting... I, almost kind of groomed from an early age mm-hmm. to just be a hockey person. You really saw that enthrallment with his father, respect yeah. for it all the way through. Yeah. And do you do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it was interesting because, you know, I talked to, you know, David about this, and then I talked later to about his, his son about that because I wanted to really know, um, like, at what point in time in your life do you realize that your family's different, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you have somebody who's really special and who's really making a difference in a significant way. And it was hard, I think, for both of them to kind of put that in perspective because that's just all they knew. But it was very, very clear that David um, respected his dad so much. And I think the best example of that was the fact that when David got to the point in his career where he was choosing whether he wanted to become a GM in Nashville or he wanted to be a GM in Toronto. He chose Nashville. And his dad, who won the Stanley Cup in Toronto, I think was a little bit baffled by it. But the way David described it was like, obviously I chose this. Like My dad was recognized as a Hall of Famer, as a builder. Like That was what he was recognized for. So of course David is going to then choose the place where he also can be a builder in the NHL. It just, it made a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and Elizabeth Poyle said that mm-hmm. as well when she's like, David wanted to go do something where he created something, mm-hmm. and that's what he did in Nashville. And it's taken a little bit of time for that to really take off. But, I mean, they were competitive after a few years, and he's always been hamstrung by, you know, the amount of money that he can use, the amount of players that they can get. And I was talking to fellow sports columnist uh, Joe Rexroad about mm-hmm. this yesterday, where once all of those restrictions were lifted, look at yeah. where they're at right now. Yeah. Just a couple of years ago, they got the new ownership, and they They're looking like they're probably going to at least get to the Stanley Cup final this year again for the second year in a row, if not win the Stanley Cup. So I think that's a testament to because some of the detractions that I hear about David Poyle are the fact that, oh, he's only been to the Stanley Cup final once Mm -hmm. or he's only uh, built a team that's made it to the Western Conference final once or twice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was true in Washington. But, you know, he made the playoffs 14 out of the 15 years that he was there and was a very important part of the team that, went to the Stanley Cup final in Washington, right. even though he was exactly. fired the year before. Yes. And there are a couple of like yes. hires and stuff like that that the general manager, George McPhee, did after him that also helped propel that, but it was still largely David Poyle's team. Mm-hmm. So what in that interview mm-hmm. stood out to you the most or something that you're going to walk away from that interview saying that I'm, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my career? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... 
first kind of what I mentioned earlier, just about that sense of humor. I mean, you, you just don't see that. And, um, and the rapport and the love between him and his wife. The other like really cool, interesting thing though, that I didn't know about that. I don't think that I would have had I not, um, gone to his house was he has an amazing wine collection. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I didn't really get space to go too deep in into the story. Um, but I mean, he has two refrigerators in his home office that are full of wine. And he said, I'm not even going to show you where I have most of it. Um, <laughs> are they big refrigerators or like the little yeah, like, I wine? Mean, yeah. No, no, they're bigger. They're bigger than your like college dorm fridge. Okay. okay? So, um, you know, probably maybe about shoulder height, but what's so special about that is, is that it, it's like, they are collections of special moments or special vintages um, or special labels that are connected into hockey in some way. Hmm. Um, and he's got like a little white tag around each of the necks of the bottles that like indicates why it's special or like, you know, where it came from or whatever. And it was just, I mean, that's just so cool. Yeah. I, it really was. And that was like, I mean, that could be a whole story in and of itself if he ever wants to talk about that after he gets retired. Cause it's, I mean, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. And that's not something that I don't think anyone would ever know just because like you mentioned earlier, when we first started talking, he doesn't really talk about himself all that yeah. much or talk about any part of his personal life, which I think a lot of hockey players or people in hockey are, are like that where it's very much about the team and not about, about the person. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, I mean, his love is obviously hockey number one. And so that's where it stands out. But I guess a couple of the other things, personal things that I learned about him that I maybe didn't know every single person I interviewed told me two other things about him, um, that he, how much he loves chocolate. Um, kind of goes with the wine. Yep. And then, um, just how he lights up around his grandchildren. So, that, those were like the grandchildren thing is the one I really wanted to focus on in the story, but the chocolate thing was just hilarious. Like, and I, you know, I would say, well, what's his favorite kind? And oh, like all of it. Like, I mean, every, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, cookies in you know before game uh, in the media room or chocolate on somebody's desk or it just it doesn't matter. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this story. Where can our readers reach you on? The, yeah. on Twitter on, internet, on all, all the socials yeah, I can right. tell you where all the socials are um, so on Twitter I am at JL Bliss you can also find me on Instagram which is at JL Bliss 08 um, and of course I'm on Facebook you just type in my name you'll find me alright fantastic go read Jessica's column it's fantastic and you can follow me at JGarcia36 and Adam who's returned to Canada land at Adam Vingen and we'll see you guys next time bye bye